What's going on, guys? So glad you're tuning in to No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. If you're listening to this, thank you for giving me your time to uh, hopefully get some value from our podcast that we've been we've been putting out for quite some time now. If this is your first time listening, definitely go back and check out some of our previous episodes. We've had some phenomenal guests on the show, and it's all about talking about reaching your goals and understanding that you're going to have to go through some hard times and some hardships in order to get there. Today's topic I want to talk about is measuring your way to success. Sometimes you have to put the numbers down on paper or write down your goals down on paper, see them in order to make them real. And joining me to help talk about this right now, Dustin Lewis, ladies and gentlemen, uh, glad you can join us, man. Hey, man, what's going on? I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, Very excited definitely. to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you could join us. And, and for anybody who is listening to the podcast right now who might not know, who might be like, Who's Dustin Lewis? Uh, Introduce yourself. About to know. Yeah, my name is Dustin Lewis. I live in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm a certified personal trainer, corrective exercise specialist. Uh, I hold my pro card in men's physique, and I coach other people on their way to a better body. That's what I do for a living. Nice. Nice. And I got to say, I see what you're doing. You're crushing it. Appreciate it. Doing a good job. And um, and I always start off talking like this. People see uh, the end product, which Mm. far from the end product, we're still... Um, kind of working, mm-hmm. right? We're still a, a project in the works, but they see where someone is currently, and and it's hard for them to imagine the start, right? So let's 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 go back in back in time really quick. What are some of the biggest adversities you've had to face to to get to this Dustin Lewis that we're hearing and seeing right now? Absolutely. So. To start, at a very young age, I had a speech impediment, right? And Mm -hmm. I was really short and I was really skinny. So it left me intimidated by basically everybody. Like, Mm -hmm. if you were taller than me, you know, you could speak well. And um, I had a hard time, like, making friends because of it in school. Like, I was antisocial. I was introverted, as could be, um, but super smart. Like, super smart. So I I went to the AG classes and I felt different, right? They were pulling me out of class to go to these special classes, right? Because I was smarter, but it still didn't make me feel necessarily good about myself. So... Anyways, uh, yeah, kind of awkward growing up and then got into high school, got my first girlfriend, the confidence started to come about this Mm -hmm. and that, right? I'm like, well, I must be doing something right. Like this girl (laughs) likes me. Um, long story short, she was, you know, love of my life first, everything. And, and she cheated on me with a, with a dude that was like jacked, right? (laughs) And I wasn't, I was like a hundred (laughs) pounds. So, um, and she had cheated on me when I had, had emergency surgery on my leg. I had staph infection. I was actually two days away from having my leg amputated. I was misdiagnosed oh, with a torn quad for almost a year. Um, yeah, mine was in my femur bone. They have no way how it got there. I drank underage for the first time. And when you drink, it lowers your immune system, right? Mm-hmm. Swelled up like a balloon. I was in New York. We had to drive all the way back from New York, got an MRI. They're like, we've got two days to get you into surgery. We're cutting your leg off. So that's like, what, a 10-hour drive? Yeah, it was like nine and a half hours, 10 hours. Oh, I was up there visiting man. a friend. I didn't feel well because I was I was getting sick every other week. Like, I'd get this temperature, and then I'd be fine. Get this temperature, it'd be fine. It was a staph infection. Drank, my leg blew up. Um, yeah, I got, got down, got it taken care of, but uh, I lost a ton of weight in the recovery process, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't walk on my leg for, like, over a month. So, I mean, you're talking about, like, I was 16, 17, and I don't even think I weighed 100 pounds in high school. Like, I mean, I looked like I just came out of the Holocaust. So, yeah, she cheated on me with this dude that was jacked, and and that's kind of where it started. Like, I, I started lifting weights like crazy. I was going to ask, what does that do for you mentally at that age, kind of going through the staph infection and things with the relationship. That's a lot for a 17, 18 year old person to take emotionally. 
Yeah, yeah. It it, it created uh, a lot of mistrust in not only you know relationships, but the health industry too. Because mm-hmm. here I was being told this is the problem. Eight months later, I almost lose my freaking leg. Yeah. So yeah, trust issues arose hard, and honestly, there still might be some there, uh, which is kind of why I went my route with learning about health and fitness for myself because I had an ill, you know diagnosis and I, I didn't like it so yeah it, w- it was a lot um i i was being 16 you know you're in love hard right mm-hmm. like you you really are and um it was hard man like i i got super quiet like stopped hanging out with my friends i locked myself in my room i wanted to be an artist and i would just paint all the time mm-hmm. um went to a couple therapy sessions actually the doctor wanted to give me medication for depression right my parents took me in like i was depressed for like a month like heavy yeah they took me in and uh had me, you know, answer a couple questions on a piece of paper and like, oh, you're depressed. We're going to give you this pill. And that was kind of the awakening moment. Like, mm. wait a second. I'm like, no chick, no nothing is going to make somebody tell me I have to take this pill. Like, I, I, didn't, I, I was well aware enough at, at 16 starting something like that. Yeah. was probably not smart. Nice. So I said no. And then that's when the working out came in and like taking care of myself. Uh, I still hadn't delved into self-development that I knew of at that time. But the, the fitness was a way to feel in control again, gain confidence and everything. Um, but yeah, fast forward, I didn't know what I was doing necessarily. So like even got to college, I was working out some two, sometimes three day, times a day in college, like mm-hmm. literally overtraining. Wow. Um, because I, I didn't know. I just I was still uncomfortable in my own skin, even though I was, I was never like obese. Right. I, I did struggle after college. I got in a little bit of trouble and uh, let my body go. What does it do to the body when you work out that much when two, three times a day? Um, your body can't keep up. So like it, you, your body requires energy to work out, right. To move, to, to do everything. And essentially when you work out, you break down your muscle. And if you don't give it enough time to recover, right. If you're training three times a day, every day, you're not eating enough calories. Uh, it never heals, mm-hmm. right? So your body's inflamed constantly. It, it just causes a whole slew of symptoms, and it's very unhealthy. Injuries are very—you're very prone to injury. Um, you're just tired. I mean, no, nothing good comes yeah. out of that. Uh, and but luckily, I didn't get any injuries or anything. Um, but I, I still couldn't figure it out. And honestly, I just wasn't eating enough. Yeah. If I was eating more, I, as much as I was lifting, it, and I probably need to tone down the volume because, like I said, I was going sometimes three times a day. But it was, it was because I was inside my head so much. I'm like, more, more, more. I'm not doing enough. And it was a good way to procrastinate with other things. Like, the gym was my procrastination. Would you say you have um, an obsessive personality? Um, growing up, absolutely. And I, I just ask that just because you, when you're like thinking more and more and more, it, it's almost like you're... you're uh, I want to say, it's, for lack of a better term, because I know they use it in drug use a lot, kind of like chasing the dragon yeah, well, type feel. What, what's most people's idea of like gaining muscle or getting bigger? Like, I got to work out. So you think the more I work out, the bigger I'm going to get. Gains, right? Like, yeah. It's easy. Like, it's that easy. <laughs> like, I'm just going to spend three hours a day, one day doing, you know, one, one session CrossFit, another one cardio, the next one weights. And it's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it did, I, got, I got frustrated. And I honestly went through a period I slowed down. Like, you know, with the training, because nothing happened at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a little bit of a belly because I was drinking beer, but my arms were still rails. Like, nothing nothing happened. And I was like, you know, 20, 21, and I had been trying for five years. Yeah. Um, were you getting stronger in that process, or did you plateau? So, you know, as we were going to talk about what gets measured, gets managed, is, is I wasn't measuring anything, and I don't think it's necessarily necessary, but, like, I didn't know. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you, too. Like, I partied so much, like... I would just go in, 
put whatever on the bar, especially like I work out with a buddy, right? And I'm for and against working out with people because depending on your goal, like, or structure, like I might not be able to squat as much as you and vice versa. Like we don't need to be benching the same amount if that's not where you're comfortable benching. Like, you know, just because your buddy's putting it up on the bar doesn't mean you need to do it. Yeah. Um, so I think I learned, uh, I learned about form. Um, I learned about form. I did end up working out with a buddy who kind of taught me the, the structure, basic structure to getting stronger, like adding reps and sets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of dabbled in tracking it, but I just wasn't consistent. I was partying a lot. I was in college. You know, yeah. I, went, I went to Chapel Hill and it was, it was my freshman year. We won the NCAA tournament. So like I, I rushed Franklin street. Like it yes, was, sir. it was a good time to be there, man. It was <laughs> yeah. an absolute blast. Hey, no one's judging. No one's judging. And I do want to talk about the measurements in, in a second. Yep. Um, but still kind of just diving in on, on this one area. What, what, what do you think was the motivation there? Cause when you're, cause I'm really kind of trying to dive in. Cause I think your experience isn't different than a lot of, other people's experiences i think a lot of times sometimes we go into a rabbit hole looking for an outcome right and when the outcome doesn't show itself we, we dig in that well deeper mm-hmm. trying to strike water and it seems like you just wanted to gain muscle and your answer to that was working out more what was like yeah. the motivation during that ah uh, man i just okay so being so skinny growing up like i always had abs right like i mm-hmm. always had abs um so I had a bit of an ego about me and narcissism because I had abs, even though I was, my nickname was, I, I got called by a couple guys on the football team, Twigs, in high school, and yeah. that stuck with me, man. So that was one motivation. Like, I just like, and I don't, and so it became obsessive to a point. Like, uh, I was essentially addicted to working out. I mean, it does release endorphins and whatnot. Um, but, I, yeah, the motivation was just, I, I, I saw all these guys, right? I saw transformation. I just, I saw what was possible. Yeah. And at first, I didn't know a lot of them were on steroids, right? You look at bodybuilders, they're not natural. Um, but yeah, I, I just knew eventually, like, one day it would pay off. Like, if I, I just got to keep going. I know you just got to keep doing this. Like, it's a lifestyle. Like, you don't just work out for three months, gain muscle, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lifestyle. So I knew that much. And it, it, it just became my, my hobby because, like, I wanted to be an artist growing up originally. And when I got to college, I decided I didn't want to anymore. So it became... Um, you know, my, my body is my canvas and my muscles are my medium, essentially. Uh, I, I thought I, that's how I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, two years into college, uh, I got suspended for a semester, never went back, uh, started drinking heavily, got a Dewey. Like I really let myself go at this point, like yeah. really bad, like drinking every night, super heavily eating junk. Like, I mean, cook out little Caesars as we had talked about and mm-hmm. hamburger helper. Like that was it for like eight months. I was smoking hardcore. I mean, stop going to the gym, working dead end jobs. Yeah. And, um, I, that's, that, that's when I let myself go like to that point. And I just, uh, I, I, to a point where I, like I almost had suicidal thoughts. Like I couldn't face my parents anymore, my family, like my friends. I was that straight A student who went to Chapel Hill and, and was going to do all these great things. And, and, uh, it went nowhere. And yeah. what, do you, what do you think went wrong? Dude, I was still really lost. I honestly, the, the whole, the cheating on me thing, it, it did a lot to me. Like mm-hmm. it really did. And I carried that into high school or into college. Um, it really did. And I just, I, I never really knew what I wanted. Like everything came so easy to me as a kid, except for gaining muscle or like, you know, getting the body that I wanted. But everything came so easy. So like, I never really, had to think much about what I want to do next because it didn't matter because if, if I did it, it was going to work out. Like, yeah. That's what I knew. 
And um, I just, I think I went to this time where I just like repressed everything else, and I just like got tunnel vision, like I'm just gonna work out, I'm just gonna work out, like, and then that was that until, you know, I, I got flipped upside down a couple times um, with, you know, I wasn't studying like I should be. I got caught cheating. I won't lie. Dude whipped out his phone next to me. I wrote down what he wrote down. Mm-hmm. I got in trouble. He didn't. I wasn't in a fraternity or anything like that. Yeah. So they're like, all right, see, I'm like, I'm in the longboarding club. Like, they're like, nah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see ya. So, yeah, I, I, it came to a point where uh, I was like 23 and yeah, no degree. You got a Dewey. Like, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like at that point in age, I was planning on being like a doctor or something. Like mm-hmm. I was, I, I ended up studying PT my second year. I want to be a physical therapist. Uh, that's what I changed over to because I was obsessed with the body and everything. Um, and then it just turned at, at that breaking point is when I'm like, what's the one thing I have control over my body. Right. And I just, I went in hard, like started studying on the internet and buying books and the whole line. And, uh, what do you think was the trigger? Do you think it, it was the DUI or was it something around that? Like, what was the switch for Dustin that made you like, I got to change this? It was, it was the Dewey. Um, I was working two jobs at the time, like 70 plus hours a week. And there were, there were decent jobs. But I was very grateful that neither of my bosses fired me. But I had to bike to work. I did a round trip every day, 10 miles. And it was, granted, this was in Thanksgiving. It was November. It was cold. Mm-hmm. It was cold that year. And I'd have to get up at 4.30 in the morning to bike to my first job in the freezing cold. Um, so I didn't have much of a choice. Like I wasn't in the best shape. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I got to a point where I started biking to the gym in between both jobs. Like I just turned it on. Um, and then, and, and things normalized a little bit. Like I realized it wasn't the end of the world. It took a lot. It was a big hit. I, cu- I couldn't drive for a year. I did get like a permit to drive to work and everything, but it, it also made me stop doing a lot of the things I was doing. Right. I didn't have the freedom to go out and do this and that. And I was stuck with myself a lot. Um, and one day randomly on, on iTunes or whatever, I searched for like a self-help podcast. Mm-hmm. Cause like just something didn't feel right. I didn't click with the people at my job. They were very low life people, right? Bad habits, bad mindset. And it was really getting to me. Um, and I found this podcast called knowledge for men. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, Andrew Fairby interviews really successful people and talks about their failures and how they got to where they're at. And the first one I heard was by this guy named Hal, El- Hal Elrod. He got in a car crash. He was supposed to be paralyzed, like, from his neck down for the rest of his life. Like, that's just half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he became a millionaire. He can walk again, this and that. And then he went bankrupt and lost everything. <laughs> and he became a millionaire again. But it was just super inspiring to be like, man, like, I thought I had it bad. Like, you know, it, it could be this. And then I bought his book. And then that just avalanched into the whole self-development part of things. But uh, that coupled along with me learning about macronutrition or, or tracking your nutrition if you want to go into that mm-hmm. um and yeah so everything took off mentally physically uh, a lot of good things people started to notice a change about me my boss at work was like dude why are you whistling and so damn happy all the time like mm-hmm. they weren't used to seeing that and i did it's because i chose not to let my environment you know affect me like i'm in control of myself of my mood my how i treat other people you know what, what i care to do so um they both helped me empower myself to become the person that I knew I was capable of being that I let slide for so long ever since, I, I guess you could say from that, that cheating scenario, mm-hmm. um, that threw me under the bus. So, uh, yeah. And since then, like it, it, it hasn't stopped nice. so much so that now I help other people get their, get their stuff together. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's an awesome story, man. And, and, uh, and I love the success that you've been enjoying recently. And, um, let's talk about those measurements because you kind of talking about for the listeners at home, 
wanting to mention the measuring yourself to success. And that, that comes in terms with measuring your body, mm-hmm. also measuring your goals. Mm-hmm. And, um, you posted something a couple of weeks ago on Instagram. It was a couple Sundays ago. And it's something so simple that, that you kind of put out there. You talked about just owning the, owning Sunday to own the week. Right. And, you know, now I'm thinking in my mindset, it's like, okay, I need to have my meal, my meals ready, my goals ready and everything Sunday night if I really want to own the week. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and before we get into the nutritional side, I learned to track things because of my expenses. I was telling you before we got on here, like when, during that rough time, I wasn't making more than $18,000 a year. Mm-hmm. I didn't live at home. I paid rent. Like, you know, there was, there was, I had bills, um, but it all started with uh, an Excel spreadsheet and tracking every dollar I spent every single day for the month. I'd take averages, this and that. And I realized like I could become more in control of my expenses if I knew how much I was spending on things. Can I cut back on this? Can I cut back on that? Um, so trans or, you know, th- shift to nutrition. Um, like I said, I, I was super skinny growing up college, kind of got a belly. And then after that, with the drinking and the stop taking care of myself, I was out of shape. And I always wanted to look like the guys like you saw on magazine covers, but I never knew like what they were, or what they did. And then I finally stumbled across like physique competitions, yeah, which is uh, a form of bodybuilding. So you've got physique, you've got uh, classic and then you've got bodybuilding. So physique is board shorts, you know, down to your knees or longer. Classic is boy shorts and then bodybuilding is your, your thong or your speedo. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay. So like that was a hot lead. Like, okay, men's physique. Like, so I started reading up on men's physique. Like, how do they look like this? And, um, they count their calories. They hmm. count their calories. And long story short, like the, the, the basis of the way our body works is, if you gain weight, you are eating more calories than your body needs. If you lose weight, you're eating less calories than your body needs. Aside from all the other stuff out there, sugar, insulin, this and that, you cannot lose weight if you're eating more energy than your body is using, right? Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Um, so I hopped on, you know, there's some calculations out there. So you have a basal metabolic rate, which is you and me, if we sat here all day and didn't talk, That would be our BMR. It could be 2,000 calories, for example. So if we sat on the couch, did nothing all day, 2,000 calories. Then depending on how active you are, you would use a multiplier anywhere 1.1 to 1.9. And that gives you an estimate on how many calories you burn in a day. So I took that information and kind of figured it out. And then you can go a little bit deeper with your carbs, your fats, and your protein. The way I explain it to my clients is calories are king, protein is queen. Especially if you're losing weight, protein is essential to have up there because it retains, it helps retain your muscle mass. It's what your muscle is made out of, essentially. Yeah. As far as carbs and fat go, I, I mean, it's personal preference. Some people like more savory. Some people like more sweet, right? I don't tell my clients they have to eat. 80 grams of fat and 250 grams of carbs. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. Like, here's, here's where calories are at. So, yeah, I started tracking and... um I, I, by this time I had put on a little bit of muscle cause I've been working out for like 10 freaking years. Right. And, uh, but I could never get lean. Like I remember trying to get lean. I would do cardio and like P90X and like mm-hmm. extreme and like take caffeine, put like take, uh, fat burners, which is just like caffeine stuff to up your heart rate and have a thermic effect, make you burn more calories. Um, and I, I still got lean, but like, I felt like crap. I was probably eating like one to 1,000 to 1,500 calories a day, like killing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started tracking my macronutrients, my calories, dude, I mean, quick, like quick. 
uh, I was able to get as lean as I had ever got. And that's what I really wanted. I wanted to have some muscle and just get lean and have that shredded look. After not knowing what I was doing with training and putting on some muscle over about a decade, mm-hmm. right? And then I finally got really lean. I'm like, okay. And then for the next three years, I continued to track macros, but I never, never let myself lose my abs per se. Cause like that was, that was my thing. Like that was my trademark. That was my bench. I need them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if I don't have abs, like nothing counts. And, <laughs> and, and because of that, I never ate enough. I always tried to stay lean to put on any more muscle. Mm-hmm. Like if you need, if you want to gain weight, whether it be fat or muscle, you need to be in a surplus. If you work out, it's more likely to be muscle. Um, and I would never let myself eat in a surplus because I had finally gotten to where I was like kind of comfortable with my body, but I was still a rail dude. Like I'm talking like 130 pounds, 125 mm-hmm. pounds. Super lean, look great, but the wind could blow me over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so that's, that's a big thing with my life. Like what gets measured gets managed, whether it's expenses, whether, I mean, why do you think you have a gas gauge on your truck or your car? Like, because when it gets low, you need to fill it back up. Like if you can't see those things, I mean, you could destroy your car, you know, over the long run. Why do you change your oil? You know, things like that. Um, so there's reasons we track and it's, it's empowering. It can be a little bit overwhelming for some people, but it's empowering. Like, you have a basal metabolic rate. It's not the same for everybody, and it does change, too. The more you've dieted and bounced back, the worse it probably is if you've been on a really restrictive diet. So the way your metabolism works is once you start to restrict calories, our body hates change. It absolutely hates change. So once you start to restrict calories, your metabolic rate will slowly start to slow down because it doesn't want to lose anymore. You're basically telling your body there's a famine going yeah. on, right? Yeah. You're, you're controlled starving yourself. So your metabolism slows down. And if you stay, you know, eating in a huge deficit for a long amount of time, you can really slow your metabolism down. And then either people stay stuck at eating like a thousand calories a day, or they go back up to two, three thousand and because their metabolism is so low, they add a ton of fat real quick. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see, especially with women, but even men are falling more to it now, like these low calorie diets. And then they're stuck. And when they start eating more, they just put on weight like that. And it's because their metabolism is so low. So... This day and age, like a, a lot of people face problems with their weight and, and tracking is bulletproof. Like it's bulletproof. If you know for a fact that you're putting this amount of calories in your body, nothing's changing. Like that would be maintenance, right? And then you can go from there. There is an exception. Like there's tons of rabbit holes. If your metabolism is really low, you don't want to cut calories from there. You need to, there's ways to bring your metabolism back up. And it takes time and it takes patience because you have to slowly introduce more food into your system every single week. And if you don't do that, you'll never fix your metabolism. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, no matter what you take, no matter what surgeries you have, you will not fix your metabolism. And, and you're going to be stuck getting fat off 2,000 calories for the rest of your life. So what gets measured gets managed. That, that's <laughs> why I'm such a uh, – it's just and, – and, and taking it to the stage. Like I, I finally decided I wanted to compete, you know, do this physique competition, and, and that's how it's done. Like you can go old school and, and do chicken, broccoli, and rice, but if you're losing weight, it's because you're not eating as many calories as your body needs, long story short. So if you can actually track that to an extent, like, why wouldn't you? Nice. Right. right. I can hear your passion, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to talk about yeah. here. And, 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 and people, yeah, there, there's a lot to talk about here, and, and people can take it so many ways. And there's more research coming out now, too, about sugar and these different diets and this and that but the number one underlying cause for disease and all these things diabetes all these things that americans face is being overweight yeah so instead of like taking black licorice because you're going to burn more calories like you need to address the number one thing which is your weight Mm -hmm. right how um before we wrap up yep how would you recommend somebody start 
whether it be tracking, taking control of their weight, their body, what advice would you give them really quick to, to kind of give them that giddy up? Yeah. Yeah. If you're interested in tracking, cause I don't believe it's for everybody. I, I prefer to work with people that like want to re recomp their body and you know, they don't have a lot to lose. They want to get tighter or they want to put on some size like, uh, but I think it's a good habit to begin with. Um, there's a ton of free resources out there. So I, I, F, Y, M, if it fits your macros is a very popular thing and people abuse it as eat whatever you want. As long as it fits your macros, I've heard of it. we can go with that to the whole nother podcast episode, but You'll essentially, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And essentially, um, I, I've got a free resource if anybody wants to reach out to me, but there, that's how I learned, man, the internet, there's, there's tons out there, but the starting point would, yeah, you need a food scale, but so you eat a protein bar, there's there start by doing this. Look at nutritional labels, mm-hmm. okay? Look at nutritional labels because there's a lot of high fructose corn syrup and stuff, which I'm not saying is bad, but it might add one, two, three hundred calories to it and you don't even notice it, right? Just be conscious of that. Um, and uh, yeah, you just got to gotta do it. My Fitness Pal there is the, the app that I use, but there's a ton of apps out there for food tracking, mm-hmm. ton of resources. It's intimidating because you've never done it, but once you do it, you learn the caloric content of, a, you, you know what a serving of rice looks like, okay? And that's approximately 37 grams of carbs. Like, I, I'm, I know a lot, right? <laughs> but, you know, once you track for a while and you realize, okay, these three meals are, I, there's about this much protein on my plate and this much this on my plate, you don't have to track forever, but you're going to get a real good idea if you're eating a thousand calories a day versus 5,000 calories a day. Right. Um, and you, and you just have to start. So Google it, reach out to me. Um, I'll send you my PDF. It's, uh, how to get started on, yeah. on using your macros. Absolutely. And I'll be sure to, uh, put your, all your links and everything in the show notes For um, sure. before we head out. Dustin, how can people find you? How can they connect with you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Dustin Lewis underscore. Uh, you can also search Dustin Lewis on Facebook. We're rolling from right there. I'm the founder of Muscles and Mindset, which, you know, helps uh, men uh, recomp their body. But also, you know, there's a lot of mental stuff that comes along with it, which I've dealt with and overcame my last 15 years. And and there's still always room to grow. So um, uh, I do have a Facebook page for that, but we're just getting that off the ground. So yeah, you can reach out to me on any of those platforms, preferably Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. Yeah. A lot of us do. Yeah. uh, Amen. Appreciate you coming out. Absolutely. Thank you, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Guys, I hope you guys got a lot of value from that. Dustin is is surely going to be back. So this is just kind of the first of many, I'm sure, because we can jump into a lot of different rabbit holes together and uh, really open up Pandora's box. But I hope you enjoyed this episode of No Rain, No Rainbows. Hope you got some value from it. If you did, please share this with a friend. Leave a comment, subscribe, let us know what you thought, and we'd love to hear your feedback because that's the only way we get better is when you tell us what we're doing wrong or what you think you like, we can do more of. So it's all about growing each and every single day, and that's how we measure it. Absolutely. Just so we know what you guys like. So go out there, get started, measure your macros and just try it out and see if it's for you. Reach out to Dustin if you need help. And again, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little bit of pain. Go out there and grow. 